0: Welcome to Daring to Be Happy with Leela B., the podcast that invites you to show up, play big, be courageous, and inspire you that through meditation you can find peace and live happy. Hi, I'm your host, Leela B., and yes, I really am a modern day monk. But to be honest, I'm not all that different from you. I'm still subjected to the chaos that's part of a busy life and world. I'm far from perfect, and I've got plenty of issues. But I've found a way to be happy anyway. So welcome to Daring to be Happy. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. In the last week in Audible, I've been listening to Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness. If you would like to listen to Brene's latest book, or any book in fact, you can receive one free book and a 30-day free trial of Audible simply by going to Life. Forward slash audible. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Sandy Newbigging, who is a specialist in meditation and mind detox, an award-winning speaker, best-selling Hay House author, and creator of Calmology. Sandy is the creator of four powerful techniques, Mind Calm, Body Calm, Mind Detox, and Calm Cure, which all collectively are known now as Calmology. He's also the best-selling author of six books on meditation, healing, and conscious living that are inspired by his peace with philosophy. His therapy and meditation work has appeared on television in more than 30 countries. He's trained practitioners, including myself, in his methods from over 15 countries, and he supports people all over the world via his online membership space, The Calm Community. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no wonder I feel so tired today.
0: <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> that's quite an intro. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: How you doing?
1: Good, I feel actually able have a lie down after.
0: It. <laughs> there is a lot there. Mm-hmm. It had to have started somewhere. Yes. Where or how did that all start?
1: Well, I guess it started being bullied at school, I guess. It's like that classic kind of story at the beginning, you know, where I felt like the outsider all the time, and and I found, like, refuge in uh, my first self-help book, mm-hmm. uh, which was, it's a very well-known one, you know, Peaceful Warrior, by uh-huh. Dan Millman, yep. and uh, that was, like, the first book I'd ever read cover to cover every other book. I, I'd, just, I'd had a really bad time with reading and writing in English, and I'd had faked illness for over a term to avoid speaking out loud in English class. and. Wow. Cause I could find it hard to read, but that was the first book I actually that grabbed my attention, you know. And the second book I read was Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Mm-hmm. So these two kind of books were like stimulated me into kind of curiosity about this sort of thing, and it kind of just went from there.
0: Amazing, and you started. You worked with coaches and a life coach, and then started training yourself with NLP and EFT and things, and then you accidentally developed your own technique
1: is that right yeah i was using other people's techniques like yeah. nlp and time on therapy and eft and all the other short phrased you know <laughs> acronyms, acronyms. <laughs> and there was one time i was i had been invited to work on a retreat in spain and the uh people they're running it you know i was really impressed by them and i thought it was like my opportunity to try and you know prove myself or you know finally i'd made it you know i had I had romantic notions of me being in Spain, doing my therapy work, sitting under palm trees in the mm-hmm. sun. Um, not only did it piss with rain the entire time, but, but I found myself in very unfamiliar territory because everyone there wanted to work on health conditions. And up until that point, I'd always been very much on emotional stuff and confidence and that sort of thing. So the first person walked in and they said they had, I think they said IBS. And I was like, what's that? and they were like irritable ball syndrome and I start going into like a you know rosy color of embarrassment because it's not the sort of stuff I ever talked about or and I really didn't know what to say you know I was that mind guy you know it was a it was a detox retreat but thankfully a few questions came through my my mouth and uh, we discovered that there was like a mental like an emotional reason potential reason for, for what was they were dealing with and so i basically once we found the potential reason, we spent the rest of the session, you know, helping her get peace with it, and, and she left. The next person walked in and said, hi, I've got psoriasis. I said, what's that? They said, oh, it's this kind of excessive growth on my skin and stuff. I said, well, the mind and body are connected. Shall we see if there might be a mental, emotional cause? And they were like, sure. And because it might have worked with the first person, I tried it again with the second person, and it worked again. Again, we found an event in their past which was unresolved, and we could see the correlation between what they were dealing with unconsciously and what their body was doing by creating an extra thick layer of defence it was very obvious and it was very fascinating and that happened many times on that retreat and because I was the mind guy on a detox retreat, Mind Detox was born Um, before I knew it, literally within months I was involved in my first fly on the wall documentary 10 part series that got sold around the world and Mind Detox suddenly became like known in a lot of territories and that really caused me to kind of go well am I some sort of healer or have I stumbled across a method of healing? And and that question uh, led me to another year checking what I was doing and seeing if there's some sort of process or method. And there, and there was, and that's when I started teaching others. And uh, yeah, life's never been the same again.
0: Yeah. Was meditation a part of it back then?
1: Nope. No, if, if someone mentioned meditation, I, I just thought it'd be boring or not for me or I couldn't do it. No, I was doing... like. The, the, the turning point for me with meditation was I was, you know, at that point seen as very successful. You know, I was on TV in 30 countries. I had, I was in my mid 20s, I had best selling books out with mainstream publishers and fully booked everything and hot girlfriend, great house, nice car, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I had a real eye opening moment when I realized that despite all that, I wasn't happy yet. Mm. And it was a real kind of how many countries did I have to be on TV? How many books do I need to sell? How much money do I need to have in order to feel successful? You know, and something inside me just knew that it wasn't about setting bigger goals. Like it was, there was a deeper eternal itch that there must be more to life than this. And that's what was really driving me at that point. And it was around about that time someone said, look, you look pretty tired and stressed and unhappy. Have you tried meditation? And I was like, Oh, I can't meditate. And they said, how do you know you can't meditate? I was like, well, I can't stop my mind. And they just laughed at me and they said, you don't have to stop your mind to experience peace when meditating. And I was like, you don't have to stop your mind to experience peace when meditating. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. I was confused, but I was also really curious. I went along and learned meditation. And yeah, life has definitely not been the same since then. That's for sure.
0: Mm. So what was the first difference or first thing you noticed from meditating?
1: Uh, a, A possibility that had never been presented before. For me, it wasn't like a massive piece or anything like that. It was more, at that point, like a logical progression, to be honest. I could see that, left its own devices, my mind would continuously come up with new problems that need fixed. And I saw that, that what was on offer was an opportunity to not have to spend my whole life changing my mind so I could eventually be happier, but more about changing my relationship with my mind so I could experience peace and my mind. I felt there must be a another way. It wasn't like this mind was this bad thing. It didn't make any sense. Why would we be given this thing that was inherently hurtful to us? It didn't make any sense to me that the, the the mind was an evil thing, and and I still to this day don't believe that that is the case. I just think that our relationship with it isn't as healthy as it could be because we haven't been taught how to have a healthy relationship with this amazing tool that exists within us. You know, most of us think we are our mind as opposed to just recognising it as more of a tool that we can pick up and use and if you tell someone well you, you don't have to you you know if you tell them someone that one of the first reactions is well who am I without a mind you know like that's who I am and and that's the illusion you know that's the that's the dilemma we are so much more than the voice in our head that sounds like us we're so much more than the memories or the future fantasies we're so much more than the judgments the imagination the all that stuff, that there's, that's all temporary, comes and goes, but there's something to us that, that all happens within. And I got really curious about wanting to find out what that was. Mm. So honestly, it wasn't like a, a huge piece initially for me, although that's obviously grown over time. It was more like a possibility, an opportunity, a more sane way than what I'd been being told. You know, it just didn't seem right that I had to spend my whole life trying to fix every nuke and cranny, every thought in my mind. So it was all positive. It just, I hadn't met a single person who'd mastered positive thinking. And I thought, well, you know, no wonder we have thousands of thoughts every day. And, and also, if you're going to be trying to think positively, you're going to constantly be looking into the past as to what the previous thought was. And if it was negative, and well, why should I think differently? And, and all we're ever going to do is move from one part of your mind to a prettier part of your mind. And, and that to me seems really limiting. And so when meditation comes along and says, hey, you can live beyond that limitation and Constraints of thinking. I got really fascinated about it, and I've been exploring it pretty intensely for over a decade now, probably a decade. And I've written my first meditation book was called Thunk, which basically is talking about how you know if if you can't stop thinking whenever you want, then you are being thunked. (laughs) And so this is my first book about thinking less. And and it's it's a tricky it's a tricky job to have, you know, telling people to inviting people to think less. Because a lot of them are quite attached to thinking. You know, it's been an interesting thing. I thought people like would be like instantly like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing!" And I, although it's been a great seller and and I have had great feedback, I was surprised initially when Thunk came out. How was it only me? Like, am I the only person that wants to think less? Like, is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm mean, thankfully there's there's lots that have have kind of are getting on board with that idea. But it's so ridiculously simple that we can experience a lot more peace and happiness and joy and freedom and oneness and completeness and wholeness by doing one simple thing of letting go of thinking too much. It's such a simple thing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I'm exactly the same. I have recently, well, more and more every day, I recognize how addicted to thinking I am, how addicted my mind is to it and how my mind believes that it is necessary to get me where I am need to go Mm -hmm. that day or that week or next month or next year. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious. But it'll never – the mind won't ever shut up about that. The mind won't. The still part of me will, does, of course, and that's starting to become more and more attractive Mm. all the time. Yeah. But I recognize the mind actually may not ever stop kind of being addicted. To itself. To itself. Funnily enough, the ego, that is what the ego means, basically, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of the task in a way is to to not make it a battle, to not try and defeat the ego or to push away or force away the thoughts that we think are bad or whatever. It's, it's It appears to be just a simple withdrawal of attention on upon what is imagined, what is imaginary, versus what do we put our attention on, what do we put our attention on What's real? Uh, what's real is right now, and so you kind of you end up with this choice of do I put my attention on my mind or the moment? And some people will say, "Well, I don't want to put my attention on my my, my moment." Sorry, because my moment is so painful right now. <laughs> um, but the the reality is one one of the core reasons why the moment is so appears to be so painful is because we're actually in our mind thinking about what appears to be happening, mm-hmm. and that is a totally different thing. You know, when when you really see the habits of the mind as to why we feel compelled to think so much. I find that fascinating. I wrote about that in um, my Mind Calm a book, talking about the hidden causes of a busy mind. Because I felt if I was going to write a book called Mind Calm, we needed to start by exploring, well, why does why is my mind so busy in the first place? Mm. And why do I feel so compelled to think so much and engage all of that busyness? You know, so I talked about that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe your peace with philosophy?
1: Well, it's uh, quite simply, you know, life is a spectrum. Life is happening on a spectrum of possibilities. If you observe what's actually happening versus not what you wish would happen, but what's actually happening. uh, Sometimes you get what what you want and sometimes you don't get what you think you want. And sometimes you get stuff you didn't even know you wanted or didn't want basically life appears to be happening and that doesn't put us a victim to life. It it makes us more when you become very present, you actually discover there's, there's no separation between between you and that life that is occurring. But as long as we like hang out in our mind and in a separate me and ego and all that sort of stuff, then what can be agreed on is that life is happening on a spectrum of possibilities and freedom comes from the willingness to experience anything. And the ability to do that without suffering. Mm. So for me, freedom is willingness to experience whatever happens on the spectrum of life, but also be able to do it without suffering, which is kind of the, you know, there's one thing being, able, I'm willing, come on life, give me your best shot, you know? <laughs> Hit me with it. Hit me with it, you know, there's <laughs> there's one of that, like I think Jim Carrey says, does that, and Bruce Almighty and then gets struck by lightning two <laughs> seconds later or something, but, you know, it's one thing saying like having a, a, in a way, a violent or aggressive or come on then approach. What I'm talking about is being able to peacefully coexist with being human, pe- be the human experience, the life experiences. And what that means is to be at peace with your thoughts, be at peace with your, your emotions, be at peace with your body, be at peace with what's occurring in your, in your life. And, it, although it seems like a very simple philosophy, we've been conditioned to do the exact opposite. Growing up, we've been conditioned and taught what a good life looks like. And for the rest of our life, we're trying to fulfill that. And then it's constantly being updated by the new marketing and, and stuff. So we're trying to constantly chasing this ideal life idea. But that ideal idea of life causes us to unconsciously end up in conflict with it. That uh, idea of life cause, that we're trying to live up to can end up in conflict with, uh, life. So what that means is that we can end up resisting stuff that doesn't look how we've been conditioned to want. And we can end up attached to this ideal idea of life. And we end up in the middle of this kind of conflict. And that causes a lot of stress and tension. And I've observed personally the dis-ease within the body and a whole lot of problems in our life that keep perpetuating because what you're in conflict with, you remain connected to. And so from a physical perspective, I've found that conflict creates dis-ease within the body, whereas harmony heals. Mm -hmm. Uh, From a life perspective, I've found conflict corrodes our calmness and our contentment, uh, whereas harmony, again, equals much more happiness naturally. And so we're kind of trying to see that life is not the cause of what's happening, uh inside me that my relationship with life is which is impacting how I'm feeling about life it's my it's not life, but it's my relationship with life mm. and so my peace with philosophy is all about healing our relationship with life, what it is to be human and it's credible you know when you can be at peace with how you feel, you know the spectrum of emotions that's remarkable uh when you can be at peace with any thought passing through uh your mind, however you is that. If you're in peace with how your body is, you can still be proactive and do things to help your body be healthy or whatever. But if you're at peace at how your body is, you have a much healthier body compared to if you're in a battle with your body all the time. Uh, wishing it was different, uh, smaller, bigger, curvier, skinnier or whatever, or healthier, not pain-freer or whatever. But So we're looking to get peace with our thoughts, peace with our emotions, peace with our body, and then see anywhere in our life that we are bumping up in, in a battle with or trying of to force too much you know control upon or whatever because what I find when you have peace with life there's very little to think about mm. and, and that is that's the cool end goal like not only do you feel much better because you're not suffering and stressed and experiencing a lot of negative emotions because you're in these conflicts these unconscious conflicts but also naturally the more in peace you are there's less to think about you know the mind becomes active upon thinking and problems that's one of the main things the mind becomes really busy on doing, and and so if we stop experiencing life as as a problem, well the mind tends to just naturally rest. So my piece of this philosophy is, you know, we're using meditation, we're using in a way therapeutic tools like mind detox, like calm cure, in order to create. Yes, you know. E- it's, it, it does automatically cause you to, you know, change your mind or get peace of. But the ultimate goal when I'm working with someone is to make sure they have peace with because that's a long-term benefit. It's a real long-term benefit there.
0: Yeah. That's what's going to kind of stick.
1: Yeah. Basically, if, if someone, if let's say, let's put it this way. Let's say someone says, I've been upset my whole life because my dad doesn't love me. And then. To get peace of mind, you have to realise, well, dad did love me. Or dad didn't love me, but my mum loved me. And so their mind's kind of satisfied with that. Okay, my mum loved me. So I can... My tail starts wagging again, you know, yeah. if I was a dog, <laughs> you know. But the peace of and, and true freedom would come from not needing anybody to love you, for mm. you to be okay. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? So yeah. so you've got like a, a solution for the mind, which kind of makes it happy. But then you've got the bigger kind of solution, which... If you actually get to a point where you no longer need to be loved by anybody, you're no longer resistant being judged or you're no longer resistant to being disliked or whatever, and you're actually willing to have sometimes be loved, sometimes be judged, sometimes be accepted, sometimes be rejected. For example, if you do that, then you no longer need anyone to love you. And you obviously, there's more freedom there, isn't there? Because if I, if you leave going, well, I'm happy because somebody loves me, you know, that person loves me, well, you're still a victim to their love. Mm. You're trying to take it from an external source, yeah, and it's they conditional. Could, it's oh, conditional. Yeah, and they and they could they, that person could turn around and say, "I don't love you," and then suddenly you're back in square one. Mm. So, what I'm trying to do with people is to is to always leave them with more freedom than they walked in the room. That's my goal, and so that with that mindset, it does lead to very interesting conversations.
0: Yeah, I bet. I thought it was really interesting when you were talking about peace with your body. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Like if you can achieve peace with your body, it's then actually easier to to achieve changes with your body, or with your health.
1: I have absolutely if, no doubt. Yeah, um,
0: it's easier to get up. You're more motivated to get up and go to the gym or eat better or have a smoothie for breakfast if you're already at peace with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say us. I'd say it's it. Let's put it this way: what you're in conflict with, you keep recreating. Mm. Remember that the ingredients of conflicts are resistance and attachment. And we've all heard the phrase, what you resist persists. persists. And one of the reasons what we resist persists is because we are literally energetically connecting ourselves to what we don't want. We're literally pushing it away, uh, energetically or physically sometimes. And we're focusing on what we don't want when we're resisting it. I don't want this. This is thing I don't want. But well, as far as, the, you know, life is concerned, that's what you're, you're, you're getting what you focus on. And so, if you can get peace with anything currently, is, whether it's your body or, or anything, it creates a healthier relationship that creates a healthier space for change to be able to, to move through. Like life, nature, universe loves change. We tend to get stuck in cycles. If we, we're preventing the change that naturally wants to occur. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually our stress isn't is coming because life is changing and we don't want it to and it's you know something's different and we don't want it that way i was talking to someone the other day and they're like well it's not normal what this this thing that's happening i'm like well how long has it been happening and they went well 25 years i'm like well <laughs> sorry to tell you but this is the new normal <laughs> it's a 25 year old normal yeah <laughs> and maybe the problem is not what's happening but you thinking it shouldn't be happening yeah and You know, that's not always the answer, but I'm trying to give an example of how something can happen. And we need to first get peace with it before I see people being able to really make any long-term changes.
0: So you've been able to kind of create and develop some of your own meditation techniques. And you've got a, a brilliant, I don't know what you call it, philosophy or idea about how we typically put our attention on the content And we've missed the context in which that content exists.
1: Cool. So there's many things that happen in our day-to-day life that we don't have as much control over as we may like. Every day we have many thoughts, many emotions, physical stuff that we don't actually have much control over, whether it happens or not. Mm -hmm. Then we don't have much control over... If people like us or not, you know we can do our best, but someone somewhere can decide they don't like you. So, in our relationships are generally an uncontrollable landscape. Then we've got our career, and again we can do our best job, but tastes can change, markets can change, current you know current money, monetary currencies and economies can change, and and so we can do our best, but there's if you if you divide your life into the classic wheel of life, inner world of thoughts, emotions, body, outer world you know relationships, career, money, homes, Mm -hmm. hobbies. It doesn't seem like a very exciting proposition if you are trying to control it all, because it's actually a lot of it's just happening, like I said earlier. And so the good news is it doesn't matter as long as you cultivate the one thing you do have control over, or you can have control over, which is where you put your attention. Where you put your attention is something that no one else ultimately can have control over, but... As long as you have cultivate that ability, you know, then that's the thing with meditation. We need to cultivate the ability to direct our attention where we want it. Otherwise, it's properly fully scattered. Most people, when they show up before meditation, are very scattered in their attention. It's fleeting, all over the place, left, right, and center. Uh, whatever catches their attention, they identify with, and they get caught up in. Whether that's a thought, or emotion, physical sensation, or a life circumstance. So, the million dollar question is, well. If attention is something I can actually cultivate control over, then where would I want to put my attention? And where can I put my attention so I can gain the the most peace, love and joy and happiness and freedom and good stuff as possible? And in order to explain this, I kind of, I don't know, it just came to me when I was writing a book one day about the, the content and context. So right now, for example, your moment, wherever you are listening to this, your moment is made up of content and context. The content might be The phone you're listening to it on or laptop or computer or desk or sunglasses or car keys or cup of tea or whatever. That's The technical term I use for that is stuff. And that content of stuff exists within the context of space. The space around your laptop, the space around you, the space around your sunglasses or a cup of tea or whatever. And the space is permanent, but the stuff's going to come and go. Then you got the sounds that are happening. I'm a sound right now for you. I'm also the sounds of maybe cars nearby or dogs barking or birds tweeting or whatever. But there's sounds happening. And the content of that sound is existing within the context of silence. Constantly silence. Although if it wasn't constant silence, you wouldn't be able to hear anything. Mm-hmm. So sound, all sound needs silence. Even if it's really noisy, there's silence for that sound to occur within. That's what gives it contrast. So you can hear and distinguish the sounds. And then you've also got like uh, movement, movement of your chest as you breathe, movement of moving your hands around or your face as you smile or or just looking around. You might see trees blowing in the wind outside or whatever. So that movement is happening within the context of stillness. And so you've discovered very quickly that your moment life is made up of two main things, the content of stuff, sound and movement, and then the context of still, silent space. and. It's kind of undeniable. Like we've just gone through that process of discovering this right now. It's not just a concept, it's just reality. Mm-hmm. We've got the content, we've got the context. The million dollar question or I'd say billion dollar because I've worked with many millionaires and they're still not happy because they don't they don't know the answer to this, so they've not pursued it and explored it. The billion dollar question is you know where do you have most of your attention most of your day? Do you have your attention on the content of your mind? content of your emotions, content of your body, content of your life, i.e. the stuff, the sound and the movement, or do you have your attention on the still, silent, spacious context? You feel what you focus on, and if you want to experience peace now, you can experience that by putting your attention on the constant presence of stillness now, Mm. um, of silence now of spaciousness now. And so a lot of the meditation stuff that I share is helping people and getting them and point, you know, point them in the direction of the direct living experience of stillness, silence and spaciousness. Whether that's through the ascension meditation or anything that anyone's interested in, really, I'll, I'll, I'll tell anybody because what I believe is at least initially, if, if someone, I don't care how they first learn it, but mm. what I've found is if someone touches the silence, if someone experiences firsthand the stillness, Uh, and they, and they start doing it every so often, even. They start to discover that it's always there when they bring their attention to it. And they start to see its permanence, whereas everything else is kind of changing. And they also discover that when they put their attention on the stillness or the silence, the context, when they become context aware, they immediately feel better. They don't, they aren't thinking. They're more present. They're more peaceful. And their experience shows them, actually, I want to be more context-aware, you know? And in being more context-aware, naturally, you become more consciously aware. And in doing that, you become more self-aware. Kind of all the same, really, just different words for the same thing. But but I wanted to make that journey with you from context to conscious to self because to be self-aware is to really be aware of the aspect of yourself that is aware, and that's what this content context journey and exploration does for someone they they can see that when i'm being more aware of the context it's permanent it's always there every time i put my attention on it where the other things aren't always there when i put my attention on them but uh, this this is and you start to discover that this is maybe the self this is maybe the permanent aspect of me mm-hmm. there's an inside me there's this still silent presence and if i start resting into that still silent presence i actually stop feeling lonely i stop feeling separate i stop feeling limited i stop feeling alone i stop feeling broken i start feeling more whole and complete and i experience love and so you discover the self inside yourself the real self capital s self is actually a very beautiful place to hang out and if we've ever been lonely or bored or upset or it's usually cuz we're we're missing a connection with who we really are. And so to be self-aware is to be aware of the aspect of the self that is aware. This is a, the name is in the definition. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, to be aware of the aspect of the self that is aware. And when you start to explore the present moment and you explore context, you kind of automatically bump into the awareness that's aware because you're experiencing the present moment through the awareness that's aware and you start to experience all of your day through that still self-awareness. It becomes like the new foundation for which you engage everything. So naturally that, again, helps you to live more freely and live more uh, securely. People think, oh, what would I do without my mind? What would I do without controlling everything? But the reality is you're actually running scared if you're in your mind and you're not actually as as happy as you could be if you need to control everything because it's always postponing your happiness. But when you discover the inner presence of stillness, you have a, a safe and serene secure place inside yourself to hang out in and automatically that you don't need to rely on the mind to feel safe you know it's you have an alternative Mm. safe space
0: and control becomes a non-issue and trust becomes a Mm non-issue
1: yeah well trust requires there to be two of you you know me and life and when you become fully present and just give all your attention to the only moment that exists the only moment that matters um, there's no longer me and a, me and a life. There's me and creation is creating and, and there's no separation with that. Trust and faith, you know, these things that so many, so much of humanity rely on is required for these people because they don't have the present moment. They don't have their, they, they aren't resting in the permanent, unchanging, still silent presence. Because, you know, you don't need, you, you, you need the future like faith or you need hope or trust. Yeah if you are a separate, hurtable, scared person trying to just avoid pain in this lifetime and move toward experience as much pleasure in this lifetime. You know, it's very basic, it's very Mm. reptilian, it's very brainstem survival, fight, flight, freeze. You know, that's a lot a lot of people are living in fight flight. And our invitation is to move into freedom.
0: Yeah. It's funny because recently I've been focusing on the wrong thing. And I've been feeling I need more trust. I need more faith in the universe. And it's it's actually it's been one of my big discoveries probably in the last couple of weeks since mm-hmm. arriving here in Spain, that I'd put my attention on the wrong thing and that the trust actually wasn't even really necessary when you go beyond that. And when you just come back to fully... Trust requires... means you're trying to control the situation in, in some respect and... In fact, all you got to do is just, if you're fully willing and courageous enough to be willing to let it go, to let go all control, to surrender everything to simply resting on that one thing that doesn't shift, that can't move, which is that still silent space, the context, and let go of the rest, only then can can that flow and everything else kind of manifest. Mm Mm-hmm. and and show itself and it doesn't matter how it looks because you're going to be completely fine and okay with it yeah
1: well it requires a separate you to to not be okay with it yeah and meditation is ultimately bringing you back to oneness Mm. and the natural byproduct of that but that's a beautiful beautiful explanation again if that sounds foreign to someone listening to this or like too good to be true or too far out of reach just get to know the still silence there's plenty of techniques out there I share loads on my websites and stuff but Get to know the context because that is really the the platform. That's the foundation. Without that, what we're talking about here is basically just concept. It's like a, a pipe dream. But when you start to experience that for yourself, then experientially, you just notice one day that you're not trying to trust or relying on faith or the future to hopefully be better than now. You know, that, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You just notice that you're just much more here. You're much more here and all is well.
0: So I don't know if this is going to be a uh, kind of controversial or tricky for you. You kind of work in two kind of fields. We live in this world of personal development junkies and you know there's hundreds of different coaches and therapies and techniques out there and there's talk about vision boards and affirmations and manifestation and the law of attraction and identifying your limiting beliefs and resolving those limiting beliefs and NLP and EFT (laughs) and Mind Detox and all these things that we're looking at to use to try and fix ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we've got meditation. (laughs) So how does the meditation fit in with that, do you think? And is there a place for both and for all of this stuff? Is it just meeting people where they're at?
1: It's much more. I think. I think it's meeting people where they're at. I think it's uh personally. I went down the therapy, fix it, change it, improve it route, mm. and it served. You know, yeah. and it helped, and it was it was awesome. Meditation is is a, a just a completely different game to the fix it, change it, improve it. Uh, is a shortcut. Meditation is. Yeah. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I find that you know. Someone will come to me and they'll either want the mind detox or the therapy kind of stuff. And then they might move into meditation afterwards. Or sometimes they'll come to me for meditation and it'll become really clear that something's blocking them and the meditation would be much easier if they actually just resolve this thing that they've, that they've been doing, you know, holding on to for years. And so they'd move into therapy. So for me, it's not an either or. It's a, it's a both for like 99.999% of people. And then, once you've been playing with this meditation for a while, and you're, or depending on your, your rightness, luck, grace, whatever you want to call it, there's a point where you would probably want to drop therapy uh, because that's still dealing with the separate self, the mini me, yeah. the, the mind and the ego. And there'd be a point where you just want to drop into oneness when meditation is the only thing. But that's maybe like for 1% or less of. We're all aiming to get to that point, maybe, you know, but I, I think they can definitely peacefully coexist. You know, I've worked with a lot of people that are very still, a lot of meditation teachers, but we've still helped them heal their body by using Mind Detox and mm-hmm. Calm Care. Just yesterday, I was working with one of the most conscious guys that I know, and he found something that had he hadn't seen, you know, and he's got amazing stillness, and he's basically hanging out in the context all the time, and he's just enjoy all the time, but there was something he hadn't seen, and it was impacting his physical side. And so that's really useful to have a conversation. But the difference is you're not spending your whole day trying to fix change and improve. Out of the last seven days, he spent about 17 minutes in the fix it, change it, improve it. He went in and then he was able to drop it and just hang out in completeness again and stillness and peace and wellness and joy. And so that's kind of the shift that happens, you know, like the amount of time you have to bend on the fix it, change it, improve it just naturally falls away. But it's not like it's a problem if you go into it, you know? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so.
1: It's like I ride motorbikes and I kind of hurt my elbow a little bit on my last ride. There's probably things therapeutically I could do for that, whether that's a massage, whether that's some aromatherapy oils rubbed in, whether it's me maybe exploring why my left arm is a little bit susceptible to being strained and I could explore the mind-based cause if ever wanted. So it serves to like, you know, to explore things that way. But it doesn't serve me to dwell on it, to experience suffering from my sore arm, to sort of thinking about oh my sore arm, and it means I can what might happen next week if I can't ride again or that's where you know the meditation really helps. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's so yeah. what I'm saying is they completely coexist, but is one better than the other? It depends on your goal. It completely depends on your purpose, of what you want to achieve. If you want to have a flash car meditation isn't better than a manifestation med- you know a yeah, manifestation right, yeah. course yeah if you if you've got a flash car and you're still not satisfied then meditation is a better tool than the manifestation mm-hmm. course yeah so again it depends on on your motives and and where you're at I hopefully that's a nice answer hopefully no, I it's think an answer it, yeah. that's yeah. very liberating for someone because they're not feeling like they should do anything but meditation is is not for you unless you want to do it Like, I, I would, it's just gonna, you know, do it when you want to do it. As in when you're, when you're like, yeah, I'm done with that other way of living, you know, the one where I'm thinking all the time and judging and resisting and attached to stuff and in the past and future all the time and having arguments due to differences of opinion and living in an underlying state of angst and anxiety and, or sadness and depression, you know, if you're done with all that, then definitely meditation is going to be good for you. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and it's not really something you can fake or do in order to appease someone else's desire to see more peace in you or something like that. Exactly. So you now have this whole suite of techniques Mm -hmm. in calmology and a calm community. Yes. Tell us about that.
1: Well, the calm community came about because – I get to travel around the world a lot and do these talks and workshops and retreats and things. And I was finding that people would be so inspired by it. They just felt this was it. It made sense. It was just like, yeah, I want this. But then I couldn't be everywhere all the time. And the thing with things like meditation, the thing with changing relationships with your mind, learning how to be more present, you're changing habits of a lifetime. And so I was wanting to have a way for people to be able to gain momentum have an ongoing advice ongoing connection and be able to dive deeper and so i create this online resource that i call the calm community there's over 100 hours of videos in there there's guided meditations there's my complete online courses for mind calm body calm mind detox calm cure there's the camology foundation course and and i have a weekly live broadcast so like every week we meditate online together and cool. um, then there's a workshop every month like this and we have a theme a few times a year we have a theme so this month we're doing the big sleep we had a guest expert come along who's an expert in sleep and the feedback has been phenomenal for that and so it's ultimately it's about stillness ultimately it's about peace you know ultimately i want to create a global a global movement of stillness that's my kind of goal is to create a global movement of stillness and this is just one way to do that
0: mm. awesome okay so we do a segment of the show called play for questions
1: oh yeah so
0: these aren't to be taken too seriously oh god <laughs> what is your favorite food pizza i do that
1: <laughs> pizza express pizza not just yes. any pizza and
0: i heard pizza express cellar dressing
1: well yes someone just did bring it for my birthday to spain and it was it's, uh, it's i already was involved
0: been... in the search oh thank you of the cellar dressing
1: <laughs> yeah i'm a bit of a pizza snob to be honest i will walk away from a bad pizza i won't even go near it but if it's a good one Try and get me away with you know, yeah, yeah. it. No, actually pizza is my favorite food
0: as well. But
1: I've been on a gluten-free diet for the last month. So, um, How's it going? It's been great, actually. Yeah, really, really good.
0: Gluten-free pizza?
1: I haven't had a single pizza. Ah. I decided to actually have it as an opportunity to know that I can live a month without pizza. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you about the gluten-free Right, diet.
0: so I, I, I won't mention the gluten-free pizza I had in Canberra down the road.
1: Was there a gluten-free pizza there?
0: A few years ago, yeah. Oh, a few years
1: ago, okay. <laughs> but wow.
0: it'll still be there. Actually, Spain's quite good. They have a restaurant accreditation, so you'll see a little gluten-free symbol on the window.
1: Okay. <laughs> but I'm only, I'm three days away, so I'm going, I'm going to am U- going it. to the UK next week, so I <laughs> Yeah. Next question.
0: All right. Um. What is you've mentioned you mentioned a couple. These might be the same, but what's your favorite conscious book or movie? Um,
1: uh, my favorite conscious book is. Yeah, awareness. Awareness. Banthi Tamalo. Yeah. Uh
0: movie
1: The Legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah. The Legend of Bagger Vance? The Legend of Bagger
0: Vance.
1: Yeah, with Matt Damon and Will Smith. Ah.
0: I don't think I've seen it. It's
1: amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's based on the Bhagavad Bagitas. the um Bhagavad
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, never yeah. say that word. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's basically a Matt Damon is a, like a golf guy, and he's, but he's in his head. And yeah. then Will Smith is like this guru that comes along and he's his caddy. Yeah. But he's showing him how to like play golf. It's like the inner game. Yeah. But thought, even if you don't like golf, it's an amazing, you know, he, he, he the main character is called Arjuna. Oh,
0: wow. You know? Yeah. Arjuna Yeah, yeah. We've
1: had Arjuna
0: on the show. Exactly. So. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he also recommended Awareness. Did he? Yeah. And so, I've just started reading it because it's come into my possession since then. Yeah. And it's annoying the hell out of me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, wake up! Every few lines it says, wake up! But yeah, so these, <laughs> that's my, you know, I, I also love Peaceful Warrior. I think some people might say it's a bit cheesy, but I think it was one of the best inspirational movie, you know, mm-hmm. as in like that type of genre. Yeah. Like it was, I think it was really well done and I, I like Socrates on that.
0: Awesome. We'll put links up for those. Uh, what's your favourite place in the world?
1: Oh my god!
0: Mm-hmm. Have you been to New Zealand?
1: I I was about to say I, I I love New Zealand. I always feel at home when I go to New Zealand. Yeah, uh, it's, I've never I've always it's a, it's the most place I'm most sad when I'm leaving. Aww. Um So I, th- I definitely have a my heart home is somewhere in New Zealand. You know, uh, I love it there. But there's a little place called Loch Lochearn in Scotland, and that's where I was. We had a place when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of special memories there. And every year I. Go there and just hang out by the loch for a little bit. And just, you know, it's a special place for me. So Loch in Scotland, I'd have to say.
0: Awesome. Cool. What brings you joy?
1: Riding my mort bike, to be honest. Cool. I, 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 it's, I obviously, did, we could say meditation and stuff, and it does. But for me, like, just being out on the on the bike, it's, like, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And it's just like, I can't, I just have a big smile on my face the whole time. You yeah. Know? It's fun.
0: Awesome. I know we've got a lot of uh, motorcycling monks in our community.
1: Yes. I mean, it was you amazing. We little gang, really. It was amazing. A couple of weeks ago, my best friend from Scotland was here, and he owns the motorcycle shop. And there was like six or seven of us on, on the Spanish roads, and they were just amazing, and we were out there for a whole day, and it was a special day, and there's a lot of joy there. Yeah. A lot of laughter. Yeah.
0: Awesome. What still can trip you up and challenge you? Uh, my girlfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my She's God. a very passionate, strong uh, woman. And that's, that's what attra- I find attractive, but it's yeah. also bloody scary at the same time, yeah. you know? But I wouldn't change it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's like an Achilles heel.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the greatest lesson meditation has given you?
1: Now is the only moment that exists. Now is the only moment that's real. Now is the only moment I can experience it. Happiness, peace, love, joy. Now is the only moment I can fulfill my purpose. Now is the only moment I can be in the presence of the divine. It's just all about now, but not conceptually now. Direct living yeah. experience of now, mm-hmm. unfiltered by the mind, by thinking about the now. And and what meditation has shown me is the subtlety of how, th- even though mm-hmm. sometimes I think I'm present, there's still a voice talking about it, and I've just just subtly drifted off.
0: Talking about how present you are right now, exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, how
1: good this is. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting this, you know, all that kind of subtle. <laughs>
0: you're you winning right now. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> this is oneness for sure, you know. But I'd say definitely uh, now is the greatest lesson.
0: Sweet. So for anybody listening, what would be your kind of parting piece of wisdom towards anyone who desires to learn more about who they really are, to live their best life, to Discover more peace, more freedom, more contentment, more joy.
1: Make it the most important thing, and in doing that, stop waiting for later. I think you need these two things. You know, yeah. it needs to be a priority, and you need to stop waiting. Um, the mind will forever postpone freedom, peace, love, joy, contentment. Like I'm talking about real peace, love, joy, and contentment. Yeah. Not mind made, temporary, fleeting moments of that when the mind gets its own way. But I'm talking about like an ongoing, pristine. So I'd say, you know, if you're on your journey already, then well done and make peace your priority or whatever it is you want, like happiness or whatever, but but make it your priority, make it more important than anything else. And you'll be amazed at how quickly it can happen for you. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits of mentoring is that you invest time in what you want most and you become invested in a way in your peace. You, you've you invested in it. And the more you meditate, the less willing you are to give your peace away for stupid shit. Being right, being on time, being light, getting your own way, parking tickets or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like I used to get so pissed off at parking tickets. <laughs> and when I was doing that, I was basically valuing my peace at 29 pound 99. <laughs> um, because at that point you could pay early and get it for 30 bucks. You know, it's more expensive these days, but But back then I was so pissed off about this £30 parking ticket, but that meant my piece was worth £29.99 to me because I was willing to exchange my piece for pissed offness over this thing. And when you actually start to see, you know, when you actually start to value your piece, you stop exchanging it for stupid shit and stuff happens. Like yesterday I did a Facebook Live and I, I nailed it. It was wonderful. I loved it. It was really cool. And then it didn't save. Just there was a glitch in the Facebook system, and sorry, but you're there's no replay. And yeah. it's like, so that's day to day life. And I, I'm so grateful that it didn't bother. It was like, well, that's that then. You know, it was it was next. What's what's now? What I'm trying to say is like, life continued to happen. But the more more you prioritize your peace, you more you meditate, you invest time and and commitment. You know, I see a big difference between people that. Come to Spain, for example, and meditate up the Meditation Mountain uh, or Ascension Mountain. These guys really do have a different level of commitment. And because they made it more important, they're less willing to exchange it for stupid stuff. And so just make it the most important thing and stop waiting until later.
0: So to finish off then, I would like to praise you, Sandy, for... Really? ...stuff and things.
1: This is what you always do? Yes! This is weird.
0: (laughs) Do you not like being praised?
1: I love it. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> now, I scrimp a little bit, but that's maybe one of the things that still trips me up. Praise.
0: Praise. Yeah. Do you find it easier to give it rather than receive it,
1: or are they both funny? No, it's 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 uh, it's not a problem. Yeah. But it, you know, a little bit scrimming can go on sometimes if. You know, I was I was raised with the whole idea of you know don't get too full of yourself. Yeah, You sure. know, it was a major thing in my house. You know, don't be too full of yourself, and and so if if the tension's on me and someone's praising me or whatever, it's like I'm waiting for the disapproving look from father or mother or whatever, or you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no, there's no no, 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 I actually found it initially harder to give praise because I was constantly worried if it was going to be like good enough or it wasn't as good as the praise that someone had just given me
1: <laughs>
0: so that's why i do this at the end of the end of each show is is for myself as well to practice giving praise <laughs> i like, it's not that scary and it's not that hard and you just say what's there so i'm gonna praise you sandy just for i'm very grateful that you decided to come along and join me in my podcast and for your for everything that you've done because It is all, like, the heart of it and the soul of it is coming from that still silent space Mm. and that desire to spread still silent space consciousness throughout the world, Mm -hmm. throughout humanity, you know, through all these amazing and wonderful techniques that you have been able to create and I'm sure channel from still silent space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen it work amongst so many people and i've been involved in your community and i've seen you know the experiences and the feedback and the stories that people have shared as a result of that and it's so super super powerful Mm. and you're the only one who could do that who could create this thing you're yeah so i um yeah praise you for living your purpose fully and sharing all your gifts with the world Thank you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> I might not be quite as long, but I'd like to praise you for doing the Daring to Be Happy podcast. And I think it's a great project and you're very uh, perfect for it. You know, you're generally interested and you you bring out good questions. and I, I really appreciate you inviting me on here to share with whoever ends up listening to this. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I am so grateful to Sandy to have had him on the show today and to have had him share his wisdom. If you are interested in meditation, self-development, and or spiritual awakening then you will love sandy's calm community every month in calm community you receive the guidance you need to consistently improve your meditation practice be able to ask sandy questions directly and receive advice on any life issue meditate with people from around the world via the weekly online meetings learn with the online monthly workshops Plus, you get unlimited access to over a 100 hours of teaching videos. So whether you want to benefit from meditation, improve how you feel, enjoy better relationships, perform at your best during work and play, or gain mental or spiritual clarity, then the Calm Community is the best online space to be. And honestly, I don't know a better way of summing up all the benefits of meditation than just that. Now, Sandy offers a 30-day free trial of the Calm Community if you want to give it a go. And to learn more about how to join, simply head to sandynewbigging.com forward slash Calm Community. However, he has very kindly offered one listener of Daring to be Happy a free three-month membership to the Calm Community. So if you would like to win that membership, simply head to lilab.life forward slash Sandy and sign up to go in the draw. I'm going to draw the winner on Wednesday the 15th of November 2017 and I'll announce who that winner is on the following day's show. So again, if you want to be in to win that three-month membership to the Calm community, head to leelablife forward slash sandy. So, finally, today I want to give a shout out to my new friend Ganesh. Now, Ganesh reached out to me via my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dot to be happy. I believe it is and we uh, we've never met but we've got about 88 mutual friends thanks to the worldwide shire community but he just messaged me to say how much he was enjoying the show and i'm very very grateful and appreciative of that feedback so thank you ganesh and you are more than welcome to send me any of your thoughts or feedback or questions that you'd like to see answered on the show, and you can do that by my Facebook page, or you can reach out to me via email, simply email Leela at LeelaB.life, and I would love to hear from you. And with that, I would like to express my gratitude to you for tuning in and listening. And I want to praise you for being willing to show up, play big, be courageous. Find peace and live happy.